So, what were we going to talk about? We were going to say... This is Anywhere But Here. My name's Maria. My name's Tom. And we are two reluctant residents of Greensboro, North Carolina, who yeah. want to talk about it. And want to talk about it with other reluctant residents of Greensboro <laughs> and kind of explore our accidental love for the city. Yeah, it'll be great. I'm excited. I'm very excited. We're going to have guests and then you and I are going to talk for hours. Many, many hours. <laughs> so many hours. We're looking forward to it. This is Brian Frazier. You're listening to The Daniel White Show. Welcome to another episode of The Daniel White Show. Today we have a very special guest, one of my very, very good friends from the High Point days, uh, Sean Trawick. What's up, Sean? Yes, sir. What's up, brother? Bruh, so it's good to see you, man. You mentioned uh, before we started uh, doing this, I saw you last in LA back in 2018, which I kind of forgot about that I saw you on yeah. that trip. <laughs> it was like really spur of the moment, real random. <laughs> but you said you was in the city. I was like, I got to pull up. That's, that's how close we are. If you're around, I got to pull up. <laughs> exactly. And I definitely appreciate that about you, Sean. I mean, you've always been, you know, around back, even back when we were working together. we always been uh, having my back and show love and all that. So it was cool that y'all. Uh, you did that in LA last minute. <laughs> yeah, you already know. Yes, and you were the owner of Tour, which is an amazing clothing brand. Uh, you started in 2015. Um, and we'll get to more of that a little bit later, but we're, we're going to get a well-rounded view of who you are before we get there, because you're in California now. You started off in Philadelphia, so we want to get the whole story. Um, yeah, but before we do it. that, I got an icebreaker question that none of us have uh, seen. It's just from this card deck here, so I'm going to pick one at random. I'm going to answer right. it truthfully, okay? I can't lie. <laughs> you, can't, <laughs> you can't lie, Sean. You can't lie. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay, okay. So, what are you holding on to that you need to let go of? Hmm, that's actually a really deep question. <laughs> hmm. Take your time with it. There's going to be some light jazz playing in the background, so take your time. What am I holding on that I need to let go of? Probably some friends and relationships. <laughs> You're very specific Probably there. Been. Probably should have been let some of them go. Yes. Honestly, it's crazy how we hold on to certain things, man. We don't really know why sometimes. Right. You just, it's so used to it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I think me, I see myself holding on to the good times in the past. Not saying that we shouldn't hold on to it, but sometimes dwelling too far in the, you know, in the past can kind of stop us from really moving forward. Um, mm -hmm. we all talk about the good old days and these times and times where we were probably a little more free and whatever, mm -hmm. you know, I think for you me, know what I, you know what I always like, liked about you though, Daniel, I feel like you do look at the past, but you are always, you don't idolize it because you just always have something like popping. Yeah. Like in the future. That's kind of like how I think I would like to be. And I think I am someone describe me. Yeah. I don't really idolize the past. Because it keeps getting better, you know, better and better. But like you always kind of been that way. Okay. Yeah, you know, you're not wrong. And that's why I start a lot of these projects just to kind of like keep me focused and keep me going and so I can see yeah, the future. Yeah, exactly. 
you know what I'm saying? So with both these podcasts and then the photography stuff, which is I'm full time creative now. That's probably the newest thing mm-hmm. with me that I've transitioned. I remember you told me that's dope, bro. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you, man. It's been a um, that was a hard leap to do. <laughs> but, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, that takes some great courage. But yeah, you probably got that bag behind you. I know you're a smart dude. <laughs> <laughs> I try to be or pretend to be sometimes. <laughs> but nah, man. So that that was yeah, definitely the past, and it, it creeps in every now and then. It's it's hard not to let it creep in, uh, holding on to the past. But you know, it's we're we're moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. daily checks for sure yeah absolutely absolutely so yeah sean let's jump to you man so philadelphia that's kind of where it all started right yep. yeah yeah so, yeah so so tell us about maybe your upbringing what brought you to north carolina initially and just kind of your family dynamics and kind of give us a summary of who you are um yeah so born in 92 in philly um you know pretty small family i would say like my mom my grandma and my aunt was like my immediate family. Yeah. Um, you know, my dad was in my life, but we never really like lived together. But yeah, just, I mean, I always like to say normal childhood. Like my mom had a pretty good job when we lived in Philly. She was a, a CO, so she made pretty good money, but she didn't really like her job. Mm. Um, you know, I went to public school, you know, but that was cool. We ended up moving to North Carolina because she didn't actually want me to go to high school. Um, it was one of the worst high schools in the city. Oh, wow. And at the time, yeah, at the time, Philadelphia was um, like the murder capital of the country. So that just tells you the climate of like the neighborhood and the school I would have been going to. So we had, um, I think, you know, my Uncle Derek and my, my Aunt Brandon. Or have my I met Aunt them? Nikki. Yeah, you met them before a long time ago. But anyways, they lived in North Carolina. They told us about a high school down there. We actually moved down there. I started going to that school. And then we just stayed, you know. I ended up, um, you know, getting my first job down there, yeah. you know, where where I met you at, and then just going to community college out there. And then, you know, obviously we might get into this, but you know, kind of trouble followed me, and I was just like who I was, I was who I was type of thing. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really working out in North Carolina. Yeah, but that's when I moved back to Philadelphia, back to like the Philly Westchester area. But yeah, growing up as a child, you know, me and my mom, you know, just lived together all my life and moved when I was about 13, moved to North Carolina when I was 13. Wow. So you move, you were there, moved here, then moved back. I moved, I moved to um, North Carolina when I was 13 and then I moved back to Philly when I was 20. That's crazy. This is after high school, because that's kind of when I kind of knew kind of who you were was in high school, Southwest. No, we, I don't think we met at Southwest. Um... I think so. I started working at Party City the year like around my graduation year. Okay, so like never we, mind. Let's say we graduated in June. I probably started working at Party City like that October. Okay, you were freshly like out, whatever then. September, whatever. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yes, yeah, so I was like just getting ready to go to G Tech. Gotcha. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. I guess it was because that's the year I graduated from high school. So I'm thinking like it was high school. So no, it was after high you, school. You was at UNC. I was in college. I Absolutely, mm-hmm. you're definitely right. But we have some mutual friends, and that's kind of how of I guess course. why. Um, so yeah, I'm curious about Philadelphia. So, was it mm-hmm. as bad as the media what pre- kind of portrayed it when you were? Because you said you moved back, moved out of there when you were 13. Was it as bad as they were saying it was? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was a kid, and it was like you know, it was just life. Like you know, I, like you know, a fish, a fish doesn't know they're in water; they're just living their life. So it's like you being a kid yes. in Philadelphia, you don't really know because you're a kid first and foremost and like that's just that's just what's around you and 
Yeah. You know, I was never really exposed to other neighborhoods, so that I had nothing to compare it to. Um, I think if I was older, I might have you know, sensed the difference because, you know, obviously my mom sensed that this was like a bad climate, and that's why we, you know, relocated. But yeah, it just. It, I feel like it was fun, <laughs> like yeah. being a kid. Like we, I remember, like just kind of growing up a little bit faster. Like I had, a, I had been working with my dad since I was nine years old. So I was always, you know, from the from as early as I can remember, making my own money. I had a group of friends, and we used to, you know, do stuff together. Like I feel like kids don't really do stuff nowadays. Like no. we used to ride our bikes around places. We would take, you know, go to the mall. Someone's parent could take us to the mall. We all had money, so we would go shopping. Um, I remember just music back in that day too. It was just like, it was just an era, you know, like Rockefeller Records was out, Dipset was out. Like it was just like a vibe. Yes. Like, you know, so it was just like fun being a kid. Then I don't think it would have been as entertaining and as exciting if I lived in a more closed or suburban environment. You know what I mean? Like growing up in Philly, it was like the actual city. So it was like just moving, but it was probably dangerous, but I don't feel like that stuff kind of like. Yeah, I mean, you're a kid. News. Yeah, what you see on the news, it probably wasn't affecting, you know, me as much as, as if I was like in the streets, you know, like an older person in the street. Because yeah. you, you, you got to think about it, even like, even when you live in these areas, it's not like Armageddon outside. Like, usually it's just like, if you are in that mix, if you're in that environment, then yeah, you're probably going to attract those things. But you have regular civilians in every city and they yes. just live their civilian lifestyle. <laughs> you know, like they wake up, go to work, go to the grocery store. But they're not in the environments where criminal activity or take is taking place, you know, daily. You it, know, like you you kind of have to be a criminal to be in that kind of environment daily. You know, what exactly. I mean? like, exactly. I have a lot of friends who transplanted here from Chicago and a lot from New York as well. They're like, you hit us up in the news and all that, but that's literally usually it's in one area and usually is if you're part of that life then you're involved in that violent activity. But if you're minding your business and doing your thing, it's not what the media portrays it to be. So I've always heard, mm-hmm. and people I know who live in Philadelphia, they love Philadelphia, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you said, it was mm-hmm. a city. Got... Go ahead. Oh, I was, um, what was I about? To... Oh, yeah, when, you know, we were talking earlier, like we were planning on, you know, we're looking at Philadelphia because, yeah, it has, some areas have a lot to offer, you know? And if you just not, like you said, if you're not in that lifestyle, you know, don't get me wrong, things happen to good people all the time, but, you know, if it's it's a little bit less likely if you just going about your civilian lifestyle, staying out of trouble, staying out the way, you know? Yeah, 110%. So as a kid, you mentioned kind of the music. Were you into any sports? Were you into clothing back then, like fashion? Like, what were you into as a kid? Um, Like Philadelphia as a kid? Yeah, I definitely was into sports. You know, basketball was really big for mm-hmm. like everyone my age back then. But yeah, played sports. Um, fashion, yeah, I always loved fashion, but I wasn't really doing like the branding. Like, mm-hmm. I, I didn't really have it on my mind that I would be like a clothing designer or a clothing like you know person that sold clothes. I just was always wanting like you know the latest and the you know the, the trendiest clothes, and I always like going shopping and stuff. And then, um, yeah, like I said, I really just always like making money. Like that was like <laughs> the biggest thing. <laughs> yeah, I remember like, that. I, always like making money and like hustling just gave me like a rush i think it has a lot to do with just my dad like watching him and how he moved and stuff but also just you know personality it's like a competition like it's yeah. like literally a competition some some worlds who can make the most it's kind of like my job now low-key oh like, really yeah oh that's true because you do recruiting 
it's like real cells. Yeah, exactly. But oh. yeah, growing up, I, I remember my dad had a mobile detail car wash business and I started working with him whenever I could. So on the weekends and days we didn't have school, I would work with him from the age of nine to like really when I moved 13. Through the summers, like my mom used to try to send me to like different summer camps. I used to, di I didn't want to go. I'd rather go make money with my dad, yeah, like yeah. just make money. So like that was my biggest thing, like making money, hanging out with my friends and just doing, you know, whatever we were doing. Yeah, that sounds amazing. That's cool. So did your... <laughs> Did your, you and your mom, like, you know, ever butt heads really? Or do you, was it just kind of like you kind of wanted to do your thing and she wanted you to, to do something else and she let you do your own thing? Like, how did that work? Yeah, it was not really bumping heads. I always, like, had a, a lot of love and respect for my mom. I think we bumped heads a lot, you know, because I was acting up in school. Yeah. But, like, I think that's, like, one of the just a, a anomaly kind of situation. Like, you know, she wanted me. I just remember specifically her wanting me to go to this, um, you know, Temple is a big school in Philadelphia and they yeah. had like a um, summer camp. And basically the summer camp was just like neighborhood kids going and hanging out, playing like two sports a day. Like you pick your sport or whatever. And I was just like, I just don't want, like I'd rather go work on this truck with my father and make some money. <laughs> like that was, yeah. And I just remember that one summer, um, we kind of like, you know, I don't want to do this. I'm going to do this. And she let me do it. I think my dad like talked her into it and stuff. So yeah, we did that. But she always let me do, you know, kind of like what I wanted to do. Yeah, that's, that could have been a bad thing. <laughs> I say, yeah, it could have been, but nah, you turned out great. You turned out great. So coming back to North Carolina, you were, because after you moved back here, when you were 20, you said, right? Yeah, 20, yeah. Okay, so what was, the, what was the move there? What was your plan on being here, you know, after you moved back the second time? Hmm. So, yeah, um... That was in the summer of, or that was, I moved the February of 2013 and 2012 and 2011, I was in G-Tech and I was just, you know, getting in a lot of trouble. Like yeah. I had already spent like the four years in high school getting in trouble in school. Yeah. But then once I graduated school and I was in community college, I had like a lot more free time, started hanging out, you know, with a certain crowd. And, I don't want to put anything on other people. Yeah. It was me making bad decisions, really. That's what it came down to. But I was still living with my mom at that time, like, you know, right out of high school. And so I was just doing a lot of different things and just bringing a lot of trouble. You know, I remember, like, one time a sheriff came, knocked on the door. You know, I had a warrant. Mm. So she had to deal with that. I had to go turn myself in and pay a bond and different things like, um, you know, just catching cases, all kind of just wild stuff. Yeah. And so I remember one time it was just come to a head. I was in Charlotte, got into some trouble, you know, real in and out kind of thing. But it came to my mom's attention and she was just like, you just got to make a move. <laughs> like, it's just not working for no one down here. And that was in like Thanksgiving. That was in like Thanksgiving around that time. And so I just was like, you know, we'll just, I'll just go to Philly, you know, figure it out, start from scratch type of thing. Yeah. And so that that's kind of like what the what that was. I didn't really want to do it. It was kind of like it came to like a ultimatum kind of thing. And yeah. I just made the most out of it, made the best out of it. And, you know, when I moved, I just, you know, took everything one step at a time, really. Wow. That's that's wild. I think I I, I knew you back when I was party city days and whatever. I hung up with you a little bit outside of that, but I don't remember this part of it. So this is very eye opening to me. Hearing these, hearing I was about these to say, stories. yeah, because it was never like anything. Like I didn't, I never had to like go away, you know, for right. things. Like I had friends I had to go away for a while, so you wouldn't know. But it was always like little things, like you know, drinking and driving, um, yeah. shoplifting, 
you know, fighting, you know, stuff like that where you wouldn't need to go away, but you get like a case, you got to get a lawyer, you know, if you under 21, you need to like bring a parent, you know, things like that, like little dumb childish things. But I, you know, I still was working, still yeah. had, you know, you know, like I never really like wore it on my sleeve. And that's why I started to like pile up, you know, because it was like getting too easy to get in trouble. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Became second nature. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, exactly. exactly. As, outside of that stuff, did you have an idea of maybe what you wanted to do with your life or were you just kind of focused on just like the then and now? Mm, like being a business that's a, owner? That's a good question. Yeah, some some point in there, I, I was rapping, you know that. Like, that's I what I want, to, I want to touch on that a little bit, if you don't mind. Yeah. So somewhere in there was definitely rapping and again just like same thing as like nine-year-old me it just come came down to i think the money and just living a certain lifestyle um just didn't really want to worry about anything yeah, but yeah you know it's funny thinking about it now and then it was i was just i was just foolish like really answer your question just thinking about the now but i thought i was thinking about you know, longevity. Future. Yeah. And that's, like I said, it's part of growth. You know what I'm saying? You, part you, of life. It's part of development. <laughs> and to touch mm-hmm. on the rap stuff, because I remember working with you, I remember the photo shoot we did poolside. I think it was your apartment. Remember that photo shoot we did? Wait. The photo, yep. Yep. I yeah. do remember that. We did that. Dang, and uh, That's a while ago. <laughs> that was yeah. a long time ago. And that was for that, well, I think you did that one, that one um, project. I had a whole like mixtape. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember that. And uh, crazy. I remember just thought that was so cool because I think you're the first artist or musician I actually really work with in that capacity of taking photos. So that's what, crazy. So kind of got us. You had like a, D, a DLSR, like just a regular Nikon. That was, was a, just like, you're the only one I know with a nice camera. The I mean, first, yep. Picture. That was my first camera. It was a D70 uh, Nikon DSLR. <laughs> <laughs> man, that was good times. Those humble beginnings right there, man. Um, that's crazy. Those photos I wish you still had those pictures. That'd be funny to look at. <laughs> Actually, Sean, after this, I'll find a link. I still have those photos. For real? Yeah, it I was get... on photo bucket. Yeah, it was on it was on Flickr. Flick. <laughs> yeah, they're still on there too. I was sending them to you after we uh stopped talking. Um Alright. So sure. got us to the I mean I know it was brief, but it was still part of your story of you rapping and like what your maybe intentions with it with is. Was it did you think it was maybe a long-term thing? What was going into the music? Like, give us an overview of that. Yeah, that that'll be really quick because that was so fast. <laughs> yeah, I remember being quick. Mm-hmm. So you know, I think everyone back then used to like rap with their friends and freestyle and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, I had a group of friends who actually had a studio, and they thought I was pretty good. So they just wanted me. They want me to record, and um, yeah, we just would record and like. A lot of times I would just, you know, do a whole song just without writing it. And we were just like, we should just make a mixtape, you know, like see see what happens. And then the people I was hanging with, like my friends and still my friends to this day, some of them, we were like, we would call ourselves first class. I think you remember that. Yes. Like, that was like our little <laughs> squad name, I guess you could say. So he was like, we're going to make this a record label. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's showing- <laughs> He used to call me Shawnee. Um, he'd be like, Shawnee gonna be the president. He, no, he gonna be the um, the rapper, and Armando gonna be the president. And yep, and Bones, like my friends. Yep, Bones. Yep, and he, we were just like, we just gonna make music, and you know, we did a couple shows. Actually, we did one show at um, in Charlotte. It was a it was a nice size event. Actually, they used to do it annually. I forget the name of it. Um, oh, man. 
Yeah, my man Alex, Alex Gray used to do it. And um, it was a clothing line down in Charlotte called Family Matters. But anyway, they, they used to do this big annual show. We did that. And then we had, we actually had a friend in um, California. She was in Sacramento, California, who threw an event. We flew out there to do that show. I remember doing that. And, mm-hmm. yep. and so, yeah, we, we was, we, and you remember Bash? I think you went to high school with Bash at Central. Bash. Oh, Sebastian. Yes. He yeah, actually grew up on High Point. Yep. Yeah, you should actually um, put him on this, John. Isn't he in LA? He's in Europe. I'm not going to say exactly where okay. he's at because I don't know if you want me to okay. say, but yeah, he's, in, he's, in, he's in a whole different. He got a dual citizenship and all that. But um, oh my god, yeah, he's actually a he's so bash. I will say this: he's a good friend of mine, and he's another one who like I don't really talk to. You know, obviously every day. But every time we link up, it's like it never left. Like we just pick back up. And when I first moved to LA, he was the person who I actually had the confidence, you know, that kind of pushed me to move out there because he was already out there and he was needing to get a new place. And so I was like, all right, like, I'll, um, let's go in on a place. So me and Bash lived together for like six, seven months. What? Mm-hmm. Yep. You probably didn't know that. Yep. I had mm-hmm. no clue, bro. Holy crap. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I moved to LA in um, twenty, what was that, twenty fifteen? Yeah, Bash picked me up from the airport. <laughs> wow, you were in LA in twenty fifteen. I thought it was a lot later than that. That's crazy. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I've been out there. For, I've been out here for. Yeah, I say out there. I'm. Li- I'm in San Diego now. I've been out here for like seven years now. Like I feel like California is as part of me as Philly is and North, uh, Carolina. North Carolina is. Yeah, yeah. I've been out here for seven years. Wow. Okay, so let's go back. To, let's go back to that. Actually, so the rap thing—it was cool. Do a couple shows because it kind of fizzled out, you know, kind of naturally. It was a kind of like thing. It was like, All right, I'm doing um, this. We could have kept pushing it. Um, I don't. I wouldn't say it fizzled out. I don't even think we ever had a buzz going on. To oh. be honest, like we were, we was never like hot. You know what I mean? Like we we could rap and we was like you know doing shows and stuff like that, but. We were never like on the radio. People weren't trying to book us for shows. And so, like I said, I always was about money. So I was just like around like a certain point. I was just like, this is probably costing me more money. And making, making. Me. Yep. I'm, about to, I'm about to get out of here. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> you know, like yeah. I gotta go. <laughs> okay. So like I said, never really fizzled. It's just kind of like, okay, I need to focus on other things, get money. Um, it, That's when I was in college too. Like I, um, I had did that Sacramento show when I had after I moved to Philadelphia and really my move was I need to like do something with myself like I had just finished like doing two years at a community college Mm -hmm. and so I had moved to Philly because I wasn't you know living right in North Carolina so I started applying to schools and I was like I'm not about to apply to schools and still try to be a musician even though a lot of people do it work out you know maybe things would have been different but I was just like I'm just going to put everything into like saving money looking to get into like a college out here so i can you know make right some of my wrongs exactly exactly and were you able to get into what college did you go to um westchester so i ended up going to westchester um i went to westchester in 2013 that's you know i went there summer 2013 and graduated december 2015 and um yeah what'd you study um political science and communications um, it's funny. I don't even use <laughs> I I, didn't I know use that either. communications every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who would have thought, right? Oh my <laughs> so, gosh. Yeah. Was it? Was you? That. Was your college experience pretty smooth? I mean, you know, you had, you know, you had uh, yeah, gone so, through a lot to that point. So, 
college was amazing. College was so fun. Um, went to school with one of my best friends who I ended up, who I went to uh, middle school with. And um, actually why I chose political science is because I was, when I first went to Westchester, I also joined the ROTC program. Oh. And my plan was to become a lieutenant and, you know, work my way, you know, up the ranks of military for no other reason than it just seemed like a secure financial setup. Yep. Um, so yeah, that's why I even chose political science. But yeah, I did um, ROTC for like two and a half years. And then they didn't let me contract because all the trouble I got into. Oh, your record? Mm, yeah, exactly. You know, it's when you go to ROTC, the plan is to be a lieutenant. So that's like a leader in the military. Right. So those, those kind of like situations kind of, you know, need to be a little more spotless, a little more polished, I would say. That's you know, crazy. They wouldn't fresh get... off of records. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It was real fresh. And I probably need to take some time Cases. to cases still open from you know 12 months ago type of thing like i'm not about to be a lieutenant <laughs> right back in your head you kind of knew they were open you was like uh i'm gonna hand apply let's, see what happens let's, let's see what happens they're right like, they're like sean no man <laughs> so that kind of fell through so what was the what was your plan for that what was going through your head mm, yeah when that fell through <clears throat> i was um I was thinking about being a lobbyist. It's funny, you're asking me questions and I'm answering them honestly, and it's stuff that I haven't thought about in years. So yeah. like my plan was, I'm gonna just pivot from, you know, ROTC route, Lieutenant route to working in government since I'm already getting ready to get this um, this political science degree. And um, I have applied for uh, an internship. Mm-hmm. But they wanted to chart, they wanted to, they wanted me to pay. <laughs> they wanted you to that. pay to join the program. Yeah, I thought that was a scam. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> so I ended up like I'm not I'm not doing the lobbyist thing. And so then I just started taking all these um communications classes. And so I was able to get, you know, communications degree. And yeah, yeah my, my plan was just find a job, really. <laughs> yeah, you're thinking I don't I didn't know what it was going to be, but I was thinking I'd just find like you know a job. Yeah, communications is a degree that kind of molds into everything. You know what I'm saying? It molds into everything, but it kind of specializes in nothing at all. Yeah, that makes sense. It's very, it's very general. (laughs) So general, but like no one's a professional communicator, but everyone communicates. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Kind of a double edged sword. It's like. We all need it, but we don't really need this. So it's like, it's crazy. You don't need to be so good at it. But I will say in my job now, which wasn't even on my radar at the time, it comes into play a lot. Being a a recruiter and um, a business development, you know, I kind of like talk to people all day. And it's more than just the words that come out my mouth. It's like how I see things and process communication. It's like, it it really helps. Really, it seems very analytical. Yeah, what I do is really analytical, but it has to be done really fast. So oh. I, we'll probably we'll probably get on that, but you know, yeah. I'm just helping like people, companies, you know, like Fortune 500 startup companies fill roles, you know, right. job openings for like highly specialized positions. Gotcha. And I have to convince I have to convince them to, you know, pay me to do this, and these are like five figure did like $30,000 placement fees that we're doing, you know, Dude, so that's it's like big numbers. <laughs> yeah. Like talking to a CTO and trying to tell him you need to use me to fill your role. <laughs> oh my God, Crazy. dude. Yeah. We'll get to that in a second. Cause I want to, I'm very interested in hearing about that job, but around this time, 
I mean, tour it kind of just kind of got started around mm. 2015. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so around that time, graduated um, right before I graduated. I so all right. So yeah, let's rewind a little bit. So first class, like I was telling you about, was what me and my friends used to call ourselves. And um, a lot of that just came from, we used to sound so corny now. We used to say we were like, just so fly. So we, <laughs> we different. So we first class, you know, like especially fly type of thing. And um, ended up getting an airplane on my leg because of that. But also because you probably know this about me. I love traveling. Yes. And, um, I've been traveling since I was a kid. So I ended up getting a cartoon airplane on my leg. And, you know, obviously when the first class and the rap thing, you know, fizzled out, I ended up um, just traveling so much, you know, and like everywhere I would go, if people could see the tattoo, they would ask me about it. And I remember one time I was in Belgium. Mm -hmm. um, this was in like 2013, 2014 area. Um, I was in Belgium and this girl came up to me in Dutch and she asked me, you know, she, what this plane meant. I, she was speaking in Dutch at the moment. So I was like, I don't know what you're saying to me. And she started <laughs> making like airplane gestures and pointing at my plane. And she was like a, a pretty cool, you know, cool, regular. Like she wasn't like a crazy, like she looked cool. She was younger. She had a nice outfit on. I'm like, dang, this low, this tattoo is getting so much attention. And so when I came back home from, um, I was in Europe for like a few weeks. I came back home and I put the logo on hats. You remember? That, yep. that was like the first. I have one. It's over the there. first tour piece. Yep. yep. I have a few upstairs. I still have like some of the colors. Yep. Um, so yeah, and um, actually at the time I made the, the logo pink because um, a lot of people I knew, like family, close relatives and, and friends, family and things like that, they just, it seemed like out of nowhere, they just got hit with breast cancer. Mm. Um, and so that just kind of was like, you know, it hit home for me. And so what I did was I used that platform of selling these hats and like, you know, I was selling a nice amount of hats. Yes. I was donating to um, local charity that helped support um, families and, and women, men who get breast cancer while they're like, while they're going through, you know, different like treatment, they can't work as much, obviously, oh, but wow. you know, they still have bills. So what the, what the charity did was they took a lot of pressure by paying those bills. And so, you know, I used some of the cells to donate to them. Um, but yeah, that's how tour was conceived. It was basically from the tattoo that I had and wow. getting so much attention. I put it on hats. And now it's like, now I'm really working to make it like a brand. Like, you know, I have like sweatsuits, I have flannels, socks, I have hats still, socks, I have socks, you know, yeah. like I really want to make it a brand. And, um, but that's how it started. Just that little logo on my leg. <laughs> that's amazing. And obviously so many designs, you, do you collaborate with some other artists? Like what were your vision towards the other designs you've done? Yeah. So, um, actually what, like I said, my, probably my best friend. Um, I went to college with and middle school with, we grew up together. He helps me a lot, you know, with the line. Um, and really just, you know, thinking about things like I have a series right now, it's a t-shirt series with different quotes and really, you know, just inspired by like long distance relationships, you know, living, you know, hours away mm. from people you love, like, um, you know, just being in those sort of situations, I, you just, you know, thought about three different quotes. I'm like, I'm going to put these on shirts and put tour in the back. So it's just like, a, you know, my thoughts. I think that's everyone's like idea yeah, or I mean, everyone's brand to a certain extent. It's, it's just their yeah. thoughts and the things that they're sensitive to, you know, that they feel and want to express. Yeah. It's an extension of yourself. I mean, stuff you've actually been through long distance relationships. I mean, you've been all over the country and traveling and away from loved ones and away from, 
you're now wife and all all your life and so it, it makes a lot of sense of why that brand exists mm. and that's that's amazing yeah and then i love I, actually i love like fashion and clothes like sometimes i'll just scroll down farfetch or mr porter and just look at the latest you know see what other designers are doing and it's different from window shopping because it's some stuff i don't even want you mm. know or i'm not looking because i want to see things that i want to buy i'm more so appreciating what's out there kind of like if you go to a museum you know, yes. like you go to a museum with no intention to buy this art. You don't even care what the price is, but you really want to like look and appreciate the art. And like, that's how clothes are for me. Like I, I like to appreciate the art and like going to stores and like touching the fabrics and seeing what, you know, brands are doing and implementing, you know, from a more like sustainable or futuristic way. Like I, I just really love the craftsmanship of fashion. And so that yeah. that's another level I want to take it to, too, you know, making more clothes and cutting sew pieces, you know, getting out of just like the, you know, the embroidery hats and socks and t-shirts want to make like, you know, jackets and, yeah. you know, denim, things like that. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. And we kind of grew up in the same era, but when hearing this from you verbally, it's kind of like, you know, we remember those our future days with Tyler starting like the golf brand and, and then transforming love, into love what mm -hmm. it is now the uh, golf Lafleur or whatever he's getting to the more the mm -hmm. high fashion um, amazing yeah yeah exactly mm -hmm. and, I, and from me hearing you say that it kind of it kind of makes me think of okay I can see that going to a more of that route you know I'm not comparing you to anybody because your brand's not like any mm -hmm. other brand I know um, but just I can see where that could take you and that makes me very excited yeah, and, and it's funny you say that. We actually wanted to make it to his pop up in Malibu. He had oh, a pop up last year. Yeah, but um, but you know, obviously living in San Diego, but but yeah. So like, I've actually like really watched his his like whole elevation closely, and I've actually become more of a fan of him like more post music or things outside of music than music. Yeah, because like you know he's just dope and like seeing his brand go from really it just had like a cultural impact and just stamp and it was real simple that was what it was but now it's like you know it's like high designer like items and pieces that he's making and fragrances so like yeah i'm wasn't even thinking that but i'm glad you brought that up shout out tyler because that's like a dope progression oh, like, i love to get to that level that he's at now absolutely man and i was talking about like how maybe because creating a brand is it sounds like very easy on paper but <laughs> we get on the marketing and legal stuff and all that so how was it for you with, I mean, even now, maybe like marketing the brand, like, do you want to collaborate with other bigger names or to distribute? Like, how, how do you navigate the brand now? Mm, no, I think, and that was something that I had, I'm learning and I had to learn a lot early on. Um, I don't really want to partner with other brands until I have like a, a like a name for myself. You know what I mean? You know, mm. and if I was to partner with a brand, it would be probably not fashion brand like it's, there's a there's a um uh, a travel like suitcase brand called away oh yes i heard of them before yeah i really like away so i would do like that's an example i would do something with away you know what i mean like they're they're a whole different first of all they're established you know yes. so they're gonna bring they're gonna do more for me than i'm gonna do for them probably for sure <laughs> but you know what i mean but they're they're gonna be like just in their own lane i wouldn't want to like do a collab with like you know, for instance, like you just said, Tyler the Creator. I wouldn't want to do a golf wing tour collab. Yeah. Because it's just going to get shadowed out, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. That and makes you no have sense. To, I feel like you need to, like, have your own footprint before you start trying to walk with others. And, like, that's why I wouldn't want to, like, do a collab with, you know, a bigger brand or even a smaller brand right now. Because it's just, like, I kind of want to make my own, like, print the way I want it. And, 
like really let that culture and let that brand build up around it. That's what a lot of brands are today. Mm. They're, yes. they're more like little cultures, you know what I mean? Exactly. Like, it's the culture around brands to me is so it's kind of crazy. I mean, there's culture around Nike and culture around Supreme. There's culture around, mm-hmm. you know, FTP. And you're in California, so mm-hmm. obviously you see a lot of these brands up close and personally. Um, it's mm-hmm. crazy how people ride for these brands like so it's hard. It's personal now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it wasn't. I think that's kind of like a new era thing. Like it wasn't really like that. I say like five, ten, maybe ten years ago, it wasn't really like that's like a new thing that just happened where branding is about like making a culture and like a niche following you know like it's about really following and believing in this thing yeah you used to just be like i like these sneaks i'm gonna buy these sneaks but it's like no it's like you like belong to these sneaks (laughs) like you belong to this this brand you know like it's crazy yeah so it would be cool to like build that up um for tour before i go trying to like you know collab and, and stuff like that and then like to answer your other question too like you know starting a brand is it can be easy. I think there are times when, you know, brands come out very organically, very seamlessly, and it tends to just immediately snowball. Like you ever see something that is just like someone conceived something, you know, one year and then six to 12 months later, it's buzzing. Like it's, it's going yes. crazy. It's, a, it's literally supporting itself. But I would say in most cases, not the brand but the company if you have like a company something that requires money to operate that's like watering a plant or having a baby like you you need to like put a lot into it and you know tend to it before it could take care of itself let alone take care of you you know what i mean like that's that's the ultimate goal sometimes for starting a company you want it to be big enough and profitable enough where it takes care like it it pays your bills and gives you a, a certain lifestyle lifestyle but before that, it's going to cost you money. It's going to cost you a right. lot of time, a lot of energy. Yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's funny. It's very hard. People always ask me if I ever get discouraged if people entering the photography world. Because photography is like a is buzzing right now. I've been in the game for mm-hmm. 12 years now. And I was yep. like, I'm never really discouraged because people, when they realize the money it takes to really mm-hmm. get as far as they want to get. I mean, you're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars to right. get it, and that's yeah easily and it's like people drop easily. out so quickly i'm never ever discouraged by it so, same with mm-hmm. branding you know people start these brands and like, oh, i'll make it big i'm trying to get my shirt to this person that person i was like okay <laughs> you know what I'm saying? yeah 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 okay yeah only time will tell you'll see it's yeah like, yeah you know and, and like i said sometimes it sometimes i would say very rarely it does seem to happen like that yes you know, like you might have like the right really could be the right place right time you might have the right person that already has like a nice like you know kind of catapult underneath them and as soon as they like drop it's going to just go up you know what i mean like that kind of thing but if you're really trying to like start from scratch and get it out the mud and you don't really have like those contacts or you don't have like a in, almost endless bag behind you like it's a it's an up and down kind of thing you know bro i'm telling you a lot of these people i mean a lot of these brands and people have investors which is great if you're able to to, to grab that but if not you gotta play a long term the long game and that long game the long be, game it can be long <laughs> yeah but I, I think it's funny you say that and you know we're talking back again about um tyler i think that long game is good for everybody because then it, it kind of gives you that control you know with investors comes responsibility mm. and you lose a lot of freedom because mm-hmm. then it's not about expressing yourself anymore it's about you know returning money exactly and so if you play the long game you get to like really 
you get an opportunity to build that community and that really organic like community and culture and really the brand you get to build that brand you know you can become a brand overnight but like it's probably more susceptible to just fade away overnight yes. where it's like something that's like think about the biggest brand i think comes to mind like right now is like wu-tang you okay know what i mean like yes they haven't what dropped an album in 20 years <laughs> like you feel <laughs> me 30 years and it's still like you a still see it yeah, exactly so it's like that's the thing like if you can like really take that time and be careful with how you how your whole thing is like represented and portrayed you can really build something that's like long-standing you know yeah 110 percent you know time with it mm-hmm. that's number one that's my number one advice to everyone is that hey take your time with it don't rush it there's nothing to rush you're not racing against anybody mm-hmm. <laughs> and just right. make sure you're, you're, you're it's genuine it's authentic and it's not too you're not too money hungry about it because then you start making rash decisions you know what i'm saying yeah so yeah exactly it's crazy mm-hmm. crazy um with you when you went to california did tour take a little break because i feel like it's resurfacing now but i feel like mm-hmm. it was a little low there to where it wasn't as active i could be wrong but um yeah can you guys do that yeah so um tour I moved to Cali actually, and tour was still a thing. Um, the hats were going crazy because I don't know if you remember, but like twenty, like twenty fifteen to twenty seventeen, people loved what was called like dad hats. Yes, that's when I remember have the dad hat wave. Yeah, yeah, it was it was going crazy, and that's I had like caught it at the tilt, like at the very beginning. Um, just coincidentally, like I didn't know that was going to happen. I think that is just what the manufacturer had at the time that looked the best to me. And yeah. I was like, I'm just going to put the logos on here. And right around that time, a little bit before or after dad hats was going crazy for like the next like year and a half, two years. I so like, I don't know if you remember, I was actually in LA going up with the tour hats. I got them in the store. I got them in a couple stores actually, while I was in LA. Um, I was still milling them out. I was able to do some better photo shoots and stuff. I had grabbed the camera. Yes. I remember like, that. So, Mm-hmm. I had grabbed a little camera myself and was like able to do more photo shoots and you know I started like selling things over overseas and you know I kind of started building a brand a little bit better on online and getting that presence and then I dropped these striped shirts which were like my that was my first cut and sew piece I remember that yes um yep yeah I always like striped shirts like I always like thinking about fashion that was like a classic silhouette that I just would want to like do and want to do again actually so I had ordered a few of those, like, a, you know, a small order, probably less than 100, um, and just did a one-on-one sell of those three different colorways. And um, that was while I was still in L.A. But, you know, what happened with Tour and living in L.A., I kind of, like, hit, like, I hit a nice point where Tour was something that I probably should have put a lot of my, or, like, all my attention and all my money to. But I ended up moving to L.A., and that was requiring just as much money, just as much attention. Yes. So I think what happened around like 20, I would say 2017, 20, 2018-ish, 2018, I had hit like a point where I was like on E for both, you know, and I had mm. to choose, you know, what do I do? Go back to Philly and like work on tour, try to like, you know, or I stay in LA, kind of do what I'm doing and revisit it later. So the the brand kind of took a break. Like I was less active on marketing, less active on, you know, posting. I just kind of switched gears and really started just like, you know, trying to just get something popping. And funny enough, I would say that's probably when like, you know, I I started becoming more sensitive to Christ and 
mm. you know, my relationship with God, because that was around 20, late 2017, um, beginning of 2018. And um, that's when like I really began to like have a relationship with God. And I met my wife mid 2018, you know, so th things started to change in my life anyway. Um, around that time so like tour was just something that i was always thinking like yeah i'll do this or i'll come back to this but there's like so many more pressing things right now that need my attention you know absolutely it's crazy that and that's around the time that i uh, connected with you in los angeles i didn't realize it was such a transitional time for you with you know the faith and meeting your wife and this stuff that is developed into something great now you know, you having two mm -hmm. kids and everything Absolutely. now. So what would you say that really kind of changed your, I guess, you coming back into the faith and did anything happen or did it just kind of naturally just become a thing? Um, I think a few things happen, you know, it's hard to like put your, to put your, your you know, your finger on everything. But, you know, I truly believe that everyone's heart can change by God can I believe everyone's heart is in God's hand and I think just me at that time personally God began to really change my heart to want to know him more and to want to like submit my life to him more and I started to feel conviction for different sins in my life like mm -hmm. what was just like reckless behavior began to get categorized as sin like and then I started to define what this sin mean you know that could be a whole nother conversation but then that would kind of propel me to just want to like really do things differently it started not being about me and my well-being as much as it was about how god is looking at me you know what i mean yeah. like you know and i don't want that to sound like you know we have a we have a great loving god you know but he is just there yeah. is good there is evil in his eyes and it was just like how can i say i love god i'm, I'm so evil like let me try let me try to come to him about these things. So that kind of like motivated like that tra a lot of a transition in like just my lifestyle. But I wouldn't say that affected like, um, you know, tour or anything though, or like right. stuff like more so just like personal life and things. Say personal development. That's wild. I didn't get, yeah, I said, I'm thinking about the time, you know, reconnected. It's like, wow, I didn't realize that was a transition period. Cause I remember you stopped smoking um, mm -hmm. and do all that stuff and all that. And uh, that's, that's truly amazing. And the climbing in LA at that time for you, cause LA obviously is a, a beast of a place to live. Um, mm -hmm. Where were you working at the time, or was there? What was going through your head about living in LA? Yeah, I always, I always had a job. I'm trying to remember when you came to LA. That's when I was doing. Hmm, I believe I was doing recruitment. I think. You yeah, I think. What month you came to LA? January. Yeah, yeah I was. Doing it was January. Cause you was with you was with a girl and you was with a guy and before I left the guy was like, "Think you can give me a job?" <laughs> That's like, right, dude. <laughs> it's like this is so typical LA. Like everybody looking for a job in LA, bro. Dude, that's what I, I keep hearing. That man, I keep hearing getting there. Like, dude, if you got if you got a job, you're trying to find a better job to pay rent. You know, this is crazy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, that was that was um. So yeah, I was already in recruitment around then and um before then. So the reason the way up. My bad. Oh, you're, got you're, you. Got you, got you, got you. <laughs> My little sister trying to watch Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just put her on it last week. She never, she, when you born? 2012? The first one? The she, first? We watched all five of them. Like Yo. The yes. Take her to the, see the um, sixth one for her birthday. Today? 
tonight? Tomorrow. Okay, tomorrow. that's gonna be. I'm gonna see it tomorrow too. <laughs> You'll probably edit this out, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, you're good, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah, you're gonna go see it tomorrow too. Yeah. So, yeah, I love dress. Anyways, that, yeah. <laughs> me too. Me too. My favorite. But but um, what was I saying again? Um, you had been working in recruitment, um, in LA when we in January mm. when it came. So yeah, tell us about your recruiting job and like what you know what that did for you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's when I had um when I when you had came to LA, I had actually just started working in recruitment. I was doing healthcare recruitment, um, recruiting what's called sterile processing technicians. They just like people that clean the the hospital instruments. I was recruiting them yeah. uh, for hospitals. And yeah, but before that though, before I was a recruiter, I worked like I had moved to LA because I had a job in Banana Republic. And, I remember that. Mm-hmm. I worked at Banana Republic at this really nice mall in Philly, in the Philly area. And uh, I was doing well too. And the guy was like, you know, you should look at a flagship store. And uh, they had a flagship in Santa Monica. And I always, you know, at that point, I was like, oh, LA, I always wanted to live in California. Let's, let's go, let's see what it's about. And like I said earlier, I had new bashers out there and hit him up and it was just the right time because he was like looking for a new spot. So I moved, I had a job that moved me out there and then I lived with him. And then I was, I was doing a lot of stuff like in LA, you know, like I said, everyone has all these jobs. Like I had, um, man, no, no, in no particular order. I'll just tell you all the stuff I did in LA. Please. I worked, I worked at the startup called WAG. You ever heard of WAG? Is that a dog walking thing? Yeah. I yeah. wasn't a dog walker, but I was the person on the, it's funny. I should write a book about this stuff. <laughs> I was the person that was like in the call center screening the calls from the dog walkers whenever they had like an issue yeah <laughs> like so like like let's say you walk in your dog or you walk in the person's dog and it gets off his leash and is running down the street you call and i'm picking up the phone <laughs> like i was that person <laughs> it was so many f- funny stories from there that was that was a crazy job too so i did that in la um, I worked at Banana Republic in LA. I worked at Zara in LA. Oh, wow. I worked, yeah, I worked as a um, behavioral interventionist, which basically is like the kid that be walking around the school with all the bad kids or like, mm. you know, a special needs kid or something. Um, you know, I did that. It's funny, I could do that, but I couldn't be a lieutenant in the army. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> That's what <laughs> the, the irony. Kids all day. <laughs> yeah that and then um i had a few jobs i had a few jobs bro it was crazy <laughs> that's crazy but end up being a recruiting thing you kind of like that and kind of stuck with that route mm-hmm. i remember this guy called me up right before me and my wife was going on a walk on running and this guy called me up and he was like you know really hype and excited and he was like hey you want to make 50 grand a year you know talking on the phone and i thought it was a scam bro because at the yeah. time i was working making like $12 an hour working at that call center. Oh my God. A hundred calls, you know, a hundred calls. A, a shift. This is at, this, this, yeah, a hundred calls almost an hour. And this is like at, um, after I, I'm a college student, I'm like, this, this gotta be get better than this. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so when the guy had told me, um, I could make 50K a year, that was like a lot of money to me back then. Like, like yeah. Just talking on phones, I was like, Tell me where I need to be aware. Like, I was just like real, like, you know, not so optimistic about it. I was like, man, this is not real. And, yeah. Um, 
I went on the interview. I met with the team. They liked me. They put me on a little sample call, did that, and then I've History. been in recruitment ever since. <laughs> wow. That's been a different kind of recruitment, but that was like my entry, entry into, you know, recruitment. So what he was saying was true when on the phone with you? Making, yeah, yeah. making that much money a year yeah. just talking on the phone? Wow. Yeah, yeah. That was just, that was like the base salary. But when you get when you what's called placements, like you 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 get a candidate a job, you get a you get a client, a company. You, we call the companies clients, and the people we're recruiting, we call them candidates. So when you get a client to hire a candidate, you get a placement. And that in that time, I was doing contract recruiting, so it's more like you know every hour the company's paying us to pay the person and we're taking like a cut. So you get like um, gotcha. commission off of that and stuff. Now what I do, I get like a single placement fee because most of my hires are uh, permanent positions. Gotcha. Okay. That makes a lot more mm -hmm. sense. Wow. What a job. That's crazy. Yeah. So it was cool. Like I was, um, you know, it's funny looking back at it now. Like, I don't know what I would do with 50k a year. That just doesn't seem like enough. Oh, not to live where you live now. Oh my God. But but I was in LA. I was just making it work. I used to take care of this guy's dog. So it's another job I had. This one guy, he was um, he was um, this really wealthy guy. He owned different properties, and he owned these um, Norwich Terriers, which are like, um, basically they're just like really nice dogs. And yeah. um, I used to take care of them, <laughs> like go walk them, clean up after them, <laughs> took them to the vet different times. I sold one for him one time. You sold a dog. Me, um, yeah, yeah, I had to drop. So this lady was um, buying a dog. He wasn't able to take him, so I took him to Pasadena. This really beautiful vet took him to Pasadena. The lady gave me the money and gave me a, gave me a bottle of Clico and a jacket. I've never seen that before. Now I see him all the time. This was a few years ago. Really random. Yeah, that was my job. He used to pay. He used to pay me like six hundred dollars a month, and I would just have to like hang out with the dogs for like you know twenty minutes a day. Six hundred dollars a month. Oh my god. I mean, I was in LA. Yeah, it's it was like, like random. Yeah, he was my neighbor. He like he lived down the street. He owned he owned a four unit apartment down the street, and he just was like saw me one time. I was like, hey, you want to watch these dogs? It's like, sure, <laughs> crazy. Yeah, why not, <laughs> bro? That I feel like I hear so many random stories of people who live in LA and New York. The stories like that is like I met this guy, I made this much money, and. That was that. <laughs> it's like what? I mean, before this conversation is over, I'm gonna probably think of three more jobs that I had. <laughs> like I had so many. One time in Starbucks. So funny enough, this I might get in trouble for this one. So when <laughs> when I um, moved to LA, I had also had a job lined up for. I think it's called City Year. You know the people that wear those like red and yellow jackets and they be um, teaching in the schools. Uh no. It's, it's a program i think it's called city year and um anyway i signed up for that i got accepted but they was trying to pay me like i think it broke it's like a, a half volunteer half job job it's a scam that's what it is <laughs> they was trying to pay me like well ration out to be like let's say nine dollars an hour basically oh. and then they was going to be like we're going to give you free bus passes in california free food stamps so anyway i was like you know me being all dumb i'm like oh, i just need a job in california i'll do it so you know i signed up for it i was in california i was in la for like two weeks before i realized you no one on the bus cares about 
what you put in. Like, you can just catch the bus for free. That's just how it is. You can catch the train for free, the bus for free, all that. Anyone in California, unless you're making six figures, you can get food stamps. So I didn't need them to get food stamps. I got food stamps. I used to get my friends food stamps who visited from Philly. You just go to the office, they'll give you food stamps. They used to go back to Philly with California food stamps. Like, it's so easy to get food stamps. And so I was like, I don't really need this job. Like, I could make money different ways. I could do this and that. I already got Banana Republic. So they also gave me an Airbnb car to, like, help me get situated in um, L.A. So, yeah, so when I ended up getting the, when I ended up getting to L.A., I didn't take the job anymore, didn't say anything to him, and ended up selling Ended up selling the Airbnb car to someone at Starbucks, or I, or I overheard them, like, you know, they lost money on, like, their Airbnb or their hotel or something, and so me and Bash was like, yeah, we got it. We got a $400 credit for Airbnb. We sell it for $250 right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> did that one time, like, something like that. <laughs> The two fifty, you would, Sean. Like, hey man, here you go with cash. Just take it. Literally, like it helped them out. It helped me out. You know. Oh my <laughs> god, that's crazy. She said, so, "I'll probably think of like three more jobs I had before this call is over." You do. You you got to get creative when it comes to living in California. <laughs> that's, I, that's what I'm saying, bro. I had a friend to visit today he, uh, at CarMax. He uh, popped by CarMax. He was like, "Hey, bro, LA is crazy." I, I, I've done this, 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 this. But, I mean, it's a culture there. I guess people just love it. Mm-hmm. Some people do uh, all that stuff like me, and then some people just don't do anything. That's how L.A. is. Like, it'd be, like, all these people also that don't have not a single job. <laughs> like, You're like, how are you? hang out all day. Like, how are you <laughs> able to do that, bro? That's crazy. When Man. I find out, I'll let you know. Yeah, you let me know because I'm coming out there and we do it. We deserve to live that way. <laughs> Jesus, working fucking working hard to live that way later on in life. My God. Yeah, right. So, so this HR gig you got making the mm-hmm. 50k, whatever. How long did you do that? That that particular job. Um, I had that job for a year and a half. Yep, had that job for a year and a half. Wow, and then it transitioned into the company you're at now? No, so that was in LA, and I had that job for a year and a half, and I had left right before me and my wife got married, and the reason why I quit is because we decided we were going to move to San Diego, Okay. and we also got married in Africa, and went on like a four-week honeymoon. That's right, you did get married in Africa. Yeah, got married in um, the Serengeti, and so we actually, um, I had quit that job and didn't even look for a job until I was on my, like, towards the end of my honeymoon, Um, because I was, you know, I knew I was relocating to San Diego. Oh, my gosh. So, let's back up. I want to hear about Africa. So, why did you choose to get married there? Mm, It's the motherland, I think. That's what I like to think, but I think my wife just always wanted to get married in, like, Serengeti and... I never wanted to have a big wedding, so it was like, wow, that's perfect. It's perfect. So your immediate family, <laughs> your mom came out and all that, and uh... yeah, just immediate family. My mom came out, her mom and her dad came, and her brother was our photographer, but he was there, and um, it was just us. Yep. Dude, oh my god, it was amazing. We still talk about that. We're gonna go back for our ten year anniversary too. 
10 years. That's coming up quick, too. Before you know it, you'll be 10 it years. Come quick. I know. It's like seven years away now. Yeah, here quick. <laughs> so give us some of the highlights of, because not a lot of people I know have been, my sister goes to Africa every two years. I'm supposed to go with her in 2020, mm-hmm. but COVID happened. Um, she goes to mm-hmm. Kenya every mm-hmm. every two years. One of her best friends lives out there. Oh, but nice. yeah. So give us an overview of like some of the highlights of, of Africa. That sounds crazy. Yeah. So I will say this first. Like, we got to get out of the habit of saying Africa, like, Africa, because it's like, that's just so big, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I feel like I didn't get to see, I couldn't even tell you about Africa. I could tell you about Tanzania, like yeah. the Serengeti. Yes. Because, like, Africa is such a vast place. Huge, yeah. But it was cool. It was, so the Serengeti is, like, the, I guess, the, one of the most impressive safaris in the world. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, where Lion King came from the story of lion king so you know that was just a highlight just seeing that being there like you know waking up in the morning and seeing animals outside like literally in their natural environment you know we went on some safari tours and you know i got married there so like, that's like one of the biggest you know moves a person can make you know? yeah so that was like that's probably a highlight too you know like <laughs> that is crazy i remember seeing those photos yeah, yeah. it's a vibe, man. My mom, you know, ha- hanging out with my mom and the Serengeti, like that was just like it's so surreal. It was cool. I can't wait to go back. Kenya is actually just north, I think, of um, Tanzania. Tanzania, yeah, we just north. Yeah, and then like you know, a lot of people go. They catch what's called the Great Migration, and um, mm. it goes through like parts of Kenya and parts of the Serengeti, and it's just like animals just running, like going somewhere. Like, that's so crazy, bruh. You know, that Lisa, she goes. Your sister goes to Kenya. Yeah, I need. I need to talk to her about that. I think we can go. I think she's. I think she can go next. You year. need to go with her one time. No, I'm going to. I was going to in 2020, but that got postponed. Oh, you did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So right. I'm like next it's, year. It's amazing. Like that part of Africa, the people are just so friendly and so loving. Like, Dang. um, you know, like they just are so genuine. It's like just a different vibe. It's cool. I, I can't wait to go to different parts of of um, Africa and see what those are about. Golly, that's that's so wild. So at this point, you're married, um, and you moved to San Diego from L.A. Mm-hmm. So what was the real reason for the move? Mm, oh, so great question. So, um, you know, like I said before, I began, like, pursuing a relationship with the Lord. I had, you know, started going to a church more regularly. And um, we actually met some people that were planting a church and they were like elders to us and like mentors to us and they ended up planting a church in um, San Diego um, and so we were between we were between um, moving to San Diego staying in LA and going to like somewhere else but what really made us choose San Diego is because that church was there and we just thought it would be a wise decision to live in the same city as like these elders and these mentors that have been like pouring so much out into us and holding us accountable and stuff like that. We didn't want to like go as new married people into, you know, a, a place where we don't have like community or fellowship and stuff like that. Yeah. So that's, that's why we chose San Diego. Really. Oh, wow. And it, did you like that move to San Diego? Is that a different vibe than LA? Yeah. And you know, I was going to say too, it wasn't like a hard decision, you know, like San Diego is beautiful. It's, it's really like, I would say a more tropical, yeah beachy calm version of la like it's so much to do you know it's still the west coast it's still so calm but the beaches are probably less populated they're probably you know more beaches if, if anything and yeah it's just 
just cool. Like it's the weather's great. Like the people are chill. I love it out here. Cool. Yeah, that's amazing. And then now we found your job you have now when recruiting is with a different company in San Diego, right? Yeah. So when I moved out here, it's funny. Like you know, I, I was on my honeymoon. You know, just married. <clears throat> I just wanted to get a job as fast as I could. So. I was interviewing while we were in Croatia. Like I, I remember the wow. job that I ended up taking. I had interviewed for that at like twelve o'clock at night, Croatia time. <laughs> yeah, that was just any job. That was like a um, healthcare recruiting job, contract recruiting, similar to what I had had um did before in LA, but it was like more therapists and and nurses and stuff like that. But it was still the same. So like I had worked there for like a year and a half. I had worked there. I got promoted, and funny. So around that time, I you know I, we was talking about it earlier. I always like starting. I like I like business. I like business and entrepreneurship. So like around that time, I started um, a recruitment company targeting like companies that were hiring permanently, which was something that I wasn't doing at my job. And I ended up joining this like chat forum kind of community. And a woman who works at the company I work at now, she recommended me to this company. It was like, you know, this company I think you would like. They're doing stuff that you want to do and you can make good money. And that's how I got this job now from a friend who I knew from like the recruiting space um, wow. while I already had a, another job. Man, that's, <laughs> that's I, I just really admire your um, ambition. <laughs> So this is the first time in my life I've only had one job. Now I only do one thing. I only have one employer, you know, one W two. I only do one job. So one I'm, job. I'm, I feel like really comfortable now. Glory be to God. Like I really feel satisfied. I don't feel like I'm, you know, spread so thin. You know, so. I mean, you have a family now. It makes sense. You have a family, you have a wife. You have different priorities. Yeah. So like, you want your time to be freed up to make time for your loved ones so it exactly it makes sense you know moving out to la by yourself single he's like well i got all the time in the world to work you know what i'm saying <laughs> yo bro you you don't have kids so let me tell you this you never know how much time you have until you have kids you have a lot of time when you when you um be like next time you think dang i wish i had more time just remember me <laughs> like <laughs> having a baby you know that is hungry and one that needs a you know needs to take a nap so they tripping out like you always have time bro i always tell that to single people like you just yeah have time trust me it's funny not even single just people that don't have kids like yes suck all your time they suck all your nice stuff all your time you know <laughs> but they're the best they're definitely the best it's funny my boss is like that my boss is evil he's become one of my best friends because i'm a full-time artist now but i still work part-time um, mm-hmm. yeah, I worked at part at CarMax for ten years now. So we were. I remember, yeah, yeah. I remember when you uh, got that gig. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, when I left, when I left, left uh, well, I went to Best Buy first, yeah. and I left Party C. Yeah, yeah. So you remember that? Mm-hmm. Um, so he always told me, "Say, man, I said I'm 31 now, so I think I'm old." He was like, "Man, you don't have kids, you don't have a wife, you have a girlfriend. You're you're not old. You, <laughs> you you're still you're uh, still young." <laughs> how old is he? Oh, Alice is probably 40. No, he's like 39. Yeah. Wife, his wife yeah. and two kids. Okay, yeah, that's the thing, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm only, I'm 29. I'll be 30 in August, but I feel like <laughs> I be feeling like I'm up there. Like me and Alex is like in the same boat. <laughs> yeah, and at that age now, a lot of our kids, a lot of our friends have kids and wives. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's the nature of it. You know? 
Yeah, wives and kids, they'll suck all your time. <laughs> you don't have no time after that. <laughs> but I know you love them, Sean. <laughs> no, you got to love them. Absolutely. Yeah, so how's it being a father, man? Like, how's, how's that changed you? Man, it's so cool. Like, change me just makes me just, I'm just, I feel like I'm just lighter person. Just like, you know, I look so forward to seeing them, you know, as much as I do. And it's just a blessing that I get to like work from home. So, I, you know, I'm just always reminded of joy. Like they just can do no wrong. You know, we, my, my my first child, my first daughter, she's turning like um, two in October. So she's kind of like approaching that terrible twos. So we're working on disciplining her. But even like disciplining her, it's like, it's just a joy, you know? Like you kind of feel that way about, you know, your kids. I remember seeing kids that need to be disciplined. And yes. they, didn't, they weren't mine. It was not a joyful thing. <laughs> like, But when it's your kids, it's like, it's just something about that, you know. So it's it's been great. I think it just made me a lighter, you know, more positive person, and just a great reminder throughout the day. Seeing a walk around and stuff, dude, it's crazy man, it's so crazy. I know it's gonna keep you know building on top of each other because like as they grow, like you know what I mean. Like it's just different every every year to just changes more. Bruh, I can I can tell by your it's just your your facial expression that you're very uh. You're loving that life, man. It looks good on I you. I love it, man. Thank <laughs> you, brother. Appreciate what, that. So what's the goal with the recruiting? Do you want to do that long term, or do you want to eventually be top of that industry? Like, what, what's the move? Yeah, so now I'm at the point where I feel like this is just something that I want to hone my, my, my craft on, hone my skills. Uh, I've been doing recruitment since 2018, but I've been doing I've been doing tech recruitment since last February. So I'm, I'm new to that space. And so I still have so much like to learn and, and get to, but I've already saw some success. And um, I just want to keep building on that. But I could see myself being an executive recruiter for, you know, prior to duration of like my life. Like if I, like what, I, it's like hard to think what else would I do? You know, like I, I do eventually want to um, move into real estate investment. We talked about that a little bit, like yes. buying property and you know, selling it, you know, buying it low, selling it high, getting tenants, that whole portfolio. But that that is kind of passive, you know, like something full time. I can't really think of what I would do full time. You know, right. I love it so much. Right, right. And you may, obviously tour is still going to be a part of your life, probably forever as well. So where do you yeah. where do you hope to see tour? Do you hope to see tour more stores? Do you want to keep it kind of low key? Like what's your mm -hmm. what's your ambitions with that? So tour right now for me is something that I do as more like a hobby, even mm. though I have the website up, you know, I, you can go on there and buy stuff right now. It's not something that I need to live or something that, you know, like it, it's not even something that I need to like pay for itself. And that was the biggest thing when I moved to LA, it was like around that time where I started working on it so much, it was because it was not paying for itself and it was costing me money. But now I'm at the point now where it does, you know, okay for itself. It may take me like, it may cost me some money some months. It's like, I can afford it though. So I don't really feel as much pressure on like working on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it's something that I do more organically and naturally. So I'm not really thinking about like where I would go as far as like stores and business perspective. I'm more so focused on like my next like drops and collections. And like what I really want to work on are these sustainable, high quality fabric flannels that I designed um, a couple of years back. I want to drop those in like mass quantity, but 
I want to make sure the fabric is going to be sustainable fabric good for the environment. And I want to make sure that it's high quality fabric that's going to, you'll, you'll feel the, the quality, you'll feel the, the, the craftsmanship in it, you know, something that's going to last you for a while. Um, and you're going to feel good while you wear it and just see where that goes. You know, like maybe I'll get 200 of those, put them on the website, do trade shows, you know, yes. sell them out the trunk. You know me, like I get it out the trunk like every time. So you know, <laughs> I stuff love that. like that <laughs> and like see where it goes, like ta- put, put good quality tags on it. Um, yeah. put good quality, like emblems and embroidery on it to make it my own and just see where it goes. And then after that, drop another piece, you know, like I really just want to focus on like the work that I'm putting out, not necessarily like the business perspective and like, until I need to, but right now I don't really need to, you know, I'm pretty small scale. (laughs) I have the brand LLC and um, trademark for 10 more years. It's like, I'm just going to do what I want to do. You know, I got some rugs coming out actually. Really? I'm working on on a rug. I'll send you a picture. Yes, um, please I want to do stuff like that. Stuff that's like for me, like kind of like cliche, but for me, by me and whoever likes it they'll pay that ticket on it, but they're going to appreciate it for a long time, you know, because it's good quality stuff. Yo, that is, it's cool that you have, a, it's a brand that you're going to have fun with while creating a community, but having a high quality, it's just, it sounds perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like, ideally, my what I would love to do is make it a full-time thing, but, you know, I say that, and then I was like, I don't really know, because I, I really also enjoy recruiting. Like, I talk to people all day, and help them get jobs. In some instances, I could change someone's life, like literally, like it's, it's God actually using me, but you know, I could be a part of a situation, a placement where a person gets a $30,000 increase in their salary. You know what yes. I mean? Like that, that's a life changing amount. You know yes, what I mean? Yes, it is. And so like that, that's fulfilling for me, but then it's also like really lucrative. Like it's not too many careers where you can make this kind of money, this kind of way, you know, cause a placement fee, on a hundred and fifty thousand dollars salary, twenty five percent. You know, you you do the math. Like twenty five percent of a hundred thousand dollars is twenty five thousand so dollars. Yeah. Like that's a placement fee. You know, I'll get a piece of that. It's like you do five of those in a month. It's like that's like you had a pretty good month. Stupid you know money. I mean? So yeah, so it's like it's fun, it's fulfilling, and it's lucrative. That's what I've been wanting to do my life. <laughs> you know what I yes. mean? And it's like. It's, it's, it's also not hurting me or anyone you know what i mean so, right 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 man that's i don't a- know if I, I don't know if the clothing would be like that you know what i mean i think that running a brand it sounds fun but running a business it don't sound running a business it does not sound fun to me it um it that's, sounds like a lot of sleepless nights or this hard you know what i mean like you can't detach from it like that's your that's your business like that's your baby you know what i mean like i don't take that lightly so i'm like do I want to like put myself in that position where I'm just like, you know, if I had a team, that would be one thing, but I feel like it's just me and my, you know, me and my, my brother. It's like, we could just, you know, keep doing it. How we doing it? You know? yeah, it's <laughs> like, laid back. It's just, it's, it's part of your life, but not like, you know, it's not your main breadwinner. You know, it keeps it less stressful. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? I think again, like going back to the time thing, if you have the time and you have the chance to do that and you just take your time with it, it doesn't happen all at once so as this thing is growing you're learning and growing and you're able to like juggle it but if you try to go like to that's another thing like if you try to jump into owning a business so fast it's like you're not even built for that you know what i mean like it's just gonna weigh you down 
kind of got to like grow into that. It's a responsibility, not just a title. So you kind of like got to grow into that. Exactly. And not, not cut any corners. That's the big thing. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So with it, lastly with Philadelphia, so you plan on hopefully moving to Philadelphia. Now, hopefully you are moving to Philadelphia. Um, Mm -hmm. Are you going to be able to keep that same gig? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent remote. Um, I've actually never been in the office. Unfortunately, I wish I, I wish I had, you know, I would have like picked up so much from like people I work with, but like we're all virtual and um, yeah. So, you know, I'll be Be, back in the East Coast. Yeah. 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 But hopefully, um, you know, it's all in God's hand. Want to move back here. You know, I get a little older. The kids get a little older. I love California. But um, right now, it's probably the best time for us to go and really be with, like, my mom, my grandmother, my dad. Let them let the kid, let them watch the kids grow up and stuff. And, yeah. You know, start building this this portfolio, this real estate portfolio. So, Dude, that's amazing, Sean. Your story is crazy. I hope you are very proud of – I mean, you still have a long way to go, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. But if I don't go anywhere else, I'm I'm really happy, and I just give all the glory to God. And you know, I'm just I'm just very content. I feel I'm really content. Yes, yes, yes. Shout out to you, and shout out to everything, man. Shout out to the wife and the Thank kids, you, and all that stuff. Of course, of course, of course. And when you're back in uh, Philadelphia, I would love to visit because I've always wanted to see Philadelphia. Bro, bro, when you come to Philly, you got to bring back Daniel Eats for free. <laughs> like, <laughs> y'all listen so to this. Food. Daniel eats so free, man. Food. That was a whole. That was Daniel a brand itself. Free. <laughs> I don't know how you managed to eat for free for those many years. That was not a lot, bruh. I'm talking like I never saw you pay for food. I, never, I, I, dude. I, to this day. I didn't. <laughs> I'm never. I never paid for food. I don't know how I did it, but I never did it. It's crazy. <laughs> oh my gosh. But, yo, well, shouts out to you too, bro. Like I'm really proud of you watching from afar. And again, you know, every time you're around, like I'll. I'll pop up, so you know. Just let me know whenever you you back out this way. If I can hit, if I can hit California before you move back, I would obviously love to get with you and meet your whole family, man. They seem all very beautiful people, man. They seem they seem great. Thank you, brother. Of Appreciate course. Appreciate that, bro. All right, one more question before we get out of here. Uh, it's not a deep question. Okay. This is very this is very simple. Um, if you could give, if you could gift all humans one thing, what would it be? If I could gift all humans one thing. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Dang. That's a hard one because everyone needs something different. Yes. Yes. Man, I got a good one. So if I could give everybody one thing, it would be a film picture of like something from their favorite memory. So I kind of spun, I kind of spun your question a little bit. Okay. Then it changes for everyone. And I just feel like a good film picture from like a good time or a good day, a good memory. That just is like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, just like, it's funny because you know. I'm in that business, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Maybe that's what made me think about nah. that. But I do feel that way. Like I have some film pictures yeah. Like memories, or I have like some pictures. Like I wish this was a film picture. Like I think that'll make. I think everyone would be happy with that. That's no one's gonna look at that and be like, ah, what the heck? Unless they had like you know overall bad life. But a good, a good film picture from a good memory. That'd be a, that'd be a cool gift. Okay. 
you know what? When I heard when I first read that, when I first saw it, I saw it when you saw it. I was like, if I could gift everyone patience. <laughs> patience is very, very critical. So I didn't know I could put like a soft attribute or something. Yeah, so, so it yeah, like yeah. No, don't have to be an item. It can be something that you cannot touch. So just, just give me another answer. I'll still go with the picture. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the picture since we're here now i would like a cool picture from like a film film picture from a memory that you know i could just choose up you know what i mean that'd be dope that way it's funny that because film was coming back into style so people were mm-hmm. you know which i think it's i think it's cool it's making it more expensive but it's still cool but what you shoot what are you shooting with now so i do have a couple film cameras i shoot film more as a hobby unless a client just wants film which is very rare um mm-hmm. So yeah, I have a couple of DSLRs. I have a little mirrorless camera, which everyone has mirrorless cameras now too. Um, I shoot mm-hmm. Fuji film, and I shoot. Um, I have a Fuji film film camera and a Canon film camera and a contacts. So. Um, oh, you be getting busy. <laughs> yeah, it's very. It's it's I've, a lot of money goes into that film stuff. I don't love spending money I on know. it, but it's 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 worth it when you get the photos back. I know. Yeah, yeah. That that makes a lot of sense. It's like a skill, and you just want to like get all your tools. So you can do your skill the right way. You hey, know what I mean? I got a job just like you, man. I need to get the skills and all that, too. It's the same thing, different industry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fire, bro. Yeah, I'm bro. Proud of you, man. Proud of you, man. No, this, has been, this has been great. I didn't know a lot of that stuff about you. So, obviously, Shani, someone I love yeah. a lot. And um, I'm very happy you're on the show. Uh, part Thanks, of this journey bro. of this uh, one of my endeavors in life. <laughs> Thanks, but um, your story you, is you, amazing. I'll be very proud of yourself. And uh, thank you again, man. For sure. All right, bro. Thank you, bro. I'll catch you soon, okay? Yeah, you too. Later. Peace.